Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal and they just care. They care about you. They care about me and I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. On with the show. That's one more subscription to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. My name is Jared Truby, and I have the sexiest voice around. Did you know that we have many episodes? I want that. What? I went Rocky with it. Oh, is that the Rocky song? But there's more to it. I used to have the yeah. I used to have the the wax on that. The wax. I got it on wax, dude. I waxed it. I got it on vinyl, bro. Look at all these stars. I really want. Look at all these stars. Do you have stars in your eyes? We have Why do you want to go too. and get stars in your eyes? On our podcast The Love reviews. Trout gave us some love on August 2015. Well, what is the newest comment I don't on know. our podcast? I don't, it's, it's probably weird. very old. 2015? Yeah, you have to go way back. Wow, we've been doing this for a way while. Way back. We are old school. I want to get into some listener mail that we don't have. Uh, actually, I have one I saved. I have to go yeah? back through my computer door. I... Yeah. Oh, let's see what the most recent one is. Yeah. Oh, we're okay. Shouldn't it put the most recent one at the top? I love I love these guys. I learned something new every podcast, and I feel encouraged in my coffee journey. Wow. Yes. Coffee enthusiasts, unite! Unite! A five-star review. Dude. For the person who doesn't have a friend to share their passions for coffee, this <laughs> podcast helped me feel not so alone. Oh, yeah, girl! <laughs> New barista. Okay, here I go. Oh, the business ethics podcast. Business ethics. Business ethics. I choose. Okay. Business it's going to take me a second to ethics. go back through. Hey, welcome to the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. I'm signing on from Chris Baca's house, just down the street from the Portola location, 3600. Go on down, get your chips and beans. Chris Baca here on my side. What up, dog? There's a microwave. There's an oven. Microwave. It's cool, man. I... It is cool, man. <laughs> I've been looking at IKEA for the past two days because you're because I'm moving thing. next door, just next door, and I'm very excited because it'll be the first time we've had a extra bedroom in probably six or seven years. We've had this run of tiny houses, but Jenny gets to do whatever she wants to the rest of the house, which is probably nothing. And I get a room, and we can podcast from the room. We can have a table that's set up, and we can just have a cool little scene. It's going to be so it's sick. It's going to be neat. He's going to have himself a space. He's going to have a moment of zen. You can come on and enjoy it with us. All right. Can't I, wait. I can't find it. Cause, sure. yeah. So here's the thing that happens a lot with our... I guess I have to be here because there's a you, video. I forgot about that. Let me okay. just my chair over. This would help a lot. Yeah. This is what happens with our podcast email, and it happens a lot, and I sort of always don't know how to respond is that everybody okay okay is passionate yes and everybody wants to get into the coffee industry that's correct and then they hit us up and they're like what are the resources you use 
None. At, yeah, and then that's my problem. Because they're they're like wherever they are, there's like seventeen thousand of these things where it's like I'm in Florida and I work six days a week and I'm trying to break into the coffee industry. And what's your advice for me learning? Like I want to learn barista skills and then and then I want to open up my own shop. And there's literally hundreds of these emails coming to us. A lot. And I, you don't know how to answer it because a lot of it comes from just starting and experiencing things for a while and then making your own decisions. And there's so many learning pathways that I I feel bad because I, I just don't respond. <laughs> I just don't. Well, and it's partially I because I don't... I know how to respond in the context of what you and I did, and that's not going to work for everyone. But there are a lot of truths to the things we've learned along the way that we share on all these podcasts over the last... Turns out two years now, which is gnarly. That's pretty gnarly. You know, but then it's like, okay, so what do you say to somebody like that? It's like, all right, is it worth it for you to go to SCA? Yes and no for opening a business. Yes, because you're going to get connections and learn a little bit and see what people are about. But then you're like, but you need to study what people are doing and interested in in your general area and demographic and your local community because that's far more important than what anybody in SCA gives a crap about at all. But then how do you account for that energy that you get that keeps you going? And you're like, oh my God, I'm psyched. And I'm not just one person. There's a community of people like me and we're all going for the same thing. And that makes me feel really cool. And and now I have someone that I can, you know, email or text on the weekend and be like, dude, what's cracking in freaking North Carolina? Which is helpful. Which is awesome. Majorly helpful in the beginning stages, especially. For sure. If, If nothing more for than your mental state. Right. To just feel like you're not on this island trying to open a business. Well, and then and then, I guess one of the things that might be extremely helpful is deciding, are you going to want to lead your business or do you just have a passion to be doing the business? And that's like a pretty big question. Do the business. Yeah. Because like some people think they want to open up a shop, say they're like uh, maybe more of the chef mentality. Uh, that's not, maybe a bad way to say this, but the idea of you just want to be the operator of the espresso like a machine, re- like a restaurant manager, or no, more like you want to be like the cook. You oh, want, like in, you in actually the, want you want to. Oh, okay. I love coffee. Right. I want to make coffee. I'm going to be for a people. barista. I'm going to start my own company so I can be a barista for my own company and mm-hmm. do what I want to do mm-hmm. and give people an awesome experience. And while that's all really awesome, there's so much more to the business than that. And a so, a lot more. Do, do you, yeah, is, does that mean actually that you're maybe not interested in managing and leading a team? You're more interested in being like the creator of the experience and then just doing it. In that case, you have to know that. It's just, I have so many questions for people like this that I'm like, I don't really have a good answer for you. There's also a couple different ways that this question gets phrased. So sometimes we'll get the question of, I want to open my own shop. What do I do? But then another question that we get a lot is, you've had a really cool career in coffee. How do I have a career in coffee? Yeah. And does that mean shop owner or does that mean you work for someone else and you just end up at this high level like... um, I don't know, like a Michael Phillips right. or something who doesn't own his own place, but he has his he career in coffee. Right. Right. Heather Perry has a career in coffee. Well, I guess she is yeah, family owned. Right. But yeah. it's, yeah, and totally. That's another way in. But I mean, but she's Michael, not like a standalone business totally. owner. That's different. So then there's like the Michael Phillips story is obviously we're from the outside looking in. Never worked with the guy. Reputation's good. Really good trainer. Good dancer. Great dancer. Great hair. Great looking dude. Rides nice a motorcycle. Pepper, yeah, like just like bring the heat, heart positive throb. vibes. Yeah, can't get enough. So, but 
you just it's weird because and this is definitely not to take away from phillips but his past has made his future i'm a world barista champion mm-hmm. hashtag kind of thank you or actually according to his story maybe not thank you intelligentsia at first then thank you intelligentsia later right because he didn't get to go he paid his own way heartthrob story times a million right but i'm gonna do it for me right and i believe in myself and ron burgundy and and everybody has a bad day actually in competition so he crushed it and did his thing but that arguably was the does that work anymore yeah exactly like that that probably doesn't i don't think it work as well anymore not at least not at the national level i don't think you could win the usbc and have that be the catalyst for a successful coffee career worlds now like i guess we're talking worlds right maybe depending on what you wanted to do although i feel like the natural trend of things was to do really well in the nationals, do really well in the worlds, and then spur off this big, huge consulting career. Right. But even that market seems like it's getting so much more saturated now. Yeah. There's just more information out there. So the one world champion doesn't have a monopoly on like how to do things right. Totally. And more people are starting to see that. That Let's say you win the WBC. All that means is that you have the very specific skill set that it takes to win the WBC. Which not, is, not yeah. that that's not hard. Like, fuck. No, like, it's we majorly never won hard. The WBC. Yeah. yeah, that's next level shit. Right. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm jealous for sure. But there's other thing, you know, like. Well, yeah. And then you come out of there and it's like, do you even want to be a consultant? Or did you just want to win the WBC and now you're trying to find a way to make money on it? And now you have to like tangent yourself into this thing that you're actually not even passionate about, except for coffee, maybe. Right. Or, I, I guess I got to go here. Yeah, it'd be interesting to talk because I think, you know, it's not a fallback, but Michael Phillips had all this training knowledge and the ability to train people. So he had all that underneath, you know, his repertoire the whole time. So he could go there and he continues to be a trainer. Right. He was an educator before he was right. a champion. And then there's Pete, who is an educator, but he's also not like a, not necessarily like a trainer in the context of barista flow in the context of a busy cafe he's more of like a professional trainer and taster and he teaches the skills of making coffee the best it can be and also specifically competition he's epically good at competition and so he leaves and and he kind of has to go in a different route than somebody like michael phillips and then there's raul and he was a past guest he was the world champion he owns a cafe in guatemala that we've been to he came out of the thing and he's like nobody told me what to do afterwards and i had to figure it out for myself and and which maybe is common sense to somebody listening to this but it's not because you get all of this attention and then you win and you still get attention but then you have to figure it all out for yourself and all of a sudden you're like okay so i'm a barista and now i have to (laughs) utilize this world championship win everybody's hitting me up and now I have to be a business person in order for this to be lucrative. And I don't even know what the hell that means. And Which, where do I want to be? You really have to be in it to win it. Because you, to make it work, you have to have champion's mindset to where six months before you even start competing, you have to be like, I'm going to win. Right. And when I win, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to set these things in process now and have to deal with the fact that maybe I won't win. And all this is quote-unquote, a waste of time. Wasn't that gnarly? Because, yeah, it's super gnarly. Yeah. But I think that's... I think at that level, that's what you have to plan for. Well, if it, you want to be a serious... You do. ...contender. 
And then or well, you have capitalize on that too. Yeah. You have people helping you along the whole way, and then you win. And those people aren't there to help you make decisions after that. You're like, cool, I won. Thanks for all the help. Everybody's sick now. I'm gonna, you know, with the exception of, I guess Pete has Holly. Him and Holly have been working together, and she's been a really good coach and help to him the whole time. But you know what I'm saying? There's a like friend. those, yeah, great friend, great pal, great amigo, uh, amiga. Yeah. So, all that to say. I don't know how to answer people's question with how do I break into the industry and how do I... Well, that's just... You just answered it right there. That's like one... That's one way you could do it. World Barista the champion. WBC. Yeah, just there you go. Start there. <laughs> Fresh out the Take gates. Take it from the top. I mean, totally. it's, it's a proven track record that maybe doesn't work anymore and it's super easy and attainable. So it's a Cinderella story. You might as well throw your hat in the ring and see what happens. <laughs> Well, gosh, you okay. got to do the work Bye-bye. and it's a long grind to get into coffee. Okay. Here's the other thing. I don't answer those emails either, but for a different reason than you mentioned. And it's because I don't want to bring people down. Well, and it's same. <laughs> and it's the story that because I'm like, oh, someday I want to open a skate shop. It's just like a dream to have a little boutique skate shop where people can come chill and like probably has coffee too and you can hang out and if you read interviews on even the biggest and best like independent skate shops one of the questions is usually what advice do you have for people opening up their own skate shop and nine out of ten times the answer is don't do it well yeah it doesn't work you have to you have to be insane to want to do it because right. of the way retail's going and it's so challenging to compete against the big box stores and people who buy online and it's coffee's kind of the same way in that to have a coffee shop that really works and really can provide you with a career and provide you with some sort of livelihood not to mention all the people that work for you that's way more challenging to do than it seems and it takes way more time than it seems like it should and it takes like a thousand other things than just knowing how to make coffee well yeah it's a bad idea yeah i mean if we weren't so neurotic over the years and consistently kind of dissecting what was happening and why it would have been you have to be out of your mind and then also charles with the you know the assistance of charles putting together the monetary spreadsheets for the banks and things it's like it's a lot of work and we have three minds that came together to make this thing happen so okay first line of advice don't do it by yourself ever that's actually true i 100 percent believe that don't. never ever ever open a business alone there's a lot of things you could do by yourself but coffee shops probably not the best idea and then a lot yeah if you're gonna open a business of any kind do it well okay of any kind of a lot of kinds. <laughs> Do it with a partner, but make sure that you're majorly aligned with the long-term vision before you start at least like the major parts of it and then allow for those creative spaces still to happen. And then after that, it's a grind. Read the books, listen to the podcasts, go grind. to the classes, practice, fail. It's, it's, there's no template. It's a learn by doing just like anything else. Like we could tell you exactly what to do, which would be helpful. Well, maybe not helpful so much in of your own journey, but once you make the commitment and you say like, oh, okay, I have a staff, what's not working? How do I tweak this? Right. I feel like we have a lot of value in that arena, Mm -hmm. but the journey to get there, like the journey to kind of prepare your brain to be the insane kind of person that it takes to want to have this 
is I don't even know how I would start to tell someone how to do that. Well, I think we're both maybe lucky that while we do have fears of failure, we're also not afraid to fail in the process of some of like persevering for something that we know will work. So yeah. I think a lot of people get held up by being afraid that it won't work. Oh, we screw Which up all I, the time. Yeah, and I think that's probably, you know, there's so many different people in podcasts who talk about the fear of failure and how you can't be, like, failing at something is just a learning roadblock on the way, and we've talked about that a lot. But I think a lot of people might not start because of the fear of failure. So, you know, you can Moana them. <laughs> there's a line with the sky meets what does the that sea, mean? dude, and it calls me. If you know exactly, like, if you have, like, a such a deep passion that you can't stop thinking about something... right. You need to figure out how to pursue that and don't just like let it go because you're afraid it won't work because you just, I think it will work if you persevere and it might just work differently than maybe you originally anticipated, but you got to start and you got to persevere and you got to keep moving. And worst case scenario, you start and then you realize halfway through your journey that's like, you know, actually this isn't for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm not into this. It's not what I thought it was going to be. And then you can just kind of take that mental energy and be like, all right, that's cool. I tried that. You probably learned something that you can apply to something else. You can definitely, there's no doubt in my mind, you will have learned a lot on that journey. And then you will be all the wiser to do what maybe you were meant to do. For sure. That's everything that I've screwed up on. I learned a lot. Yeah, there's so much opportunity and knowledge to be gained there. And then just always be a student. It's so weird how some lessons don't come back to you for like years. Yeah. You'll like have something happen. You'll be like, oh, I can do it this way because of that thing I remember that messed me up back yep. in the thing and the stuff. Yeah. Don't and do that again. It's almost like a weird enlightenment to where it's just like you're just straight woke. There's no other way around it. You're just like, oh my God, why didn't I know that then? Right. It's so annoying to be growing and progressing because... Wherever you get to, at least for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Like every day I'm like, oh man, I, I think I got it kind of figured out. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Like this is where I'm at. I'm, I'm here. This is great. Like two years ago, I was like an idiot. Now I'm, now I'm vibing. But I know that next year it's just going to be the same thing. And it's then just the same thing. Always and then the, the same, same thing. thing. <laughs> There's no way that... And you're like never going to tap out in your potential. <laughs> you're just on this like ride. Yeah. And you're like, Foo, and you got to be cool with it. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I can, I'm consistently behind the eight ball of where i'd like to be yeah but i'm exponentially better than i was but five you years keep ago moving. so yeah it's something that it's like definitely that juxtaposition of like it's like breathing you're like oh i'm doing really good oh, i'm not doing really good <laughs> <laughs> it like comes in waves like that it's amazing but i think that's a it's a circle of life it's the circle Moves us fully. of life and the thin and the chin, yeah. Actually, I do want to do... I'm going to close the loop on this with like kind of a call to action, though, for Santa Barbara action. area. Oh, jeez. So Santa Barbara is Holy fucked. shit. Montecito is fucked. We have a lot of friends who are down there. Uh, both Chris and I personally worked for Dune and Castle and the wow. French Press. And uh, currently, you know, Todd and Julia are taking a boat to work because they can't drive on their freeway. It's been a nightmare for them. So anybody out there who is listening, buy coffee. Go get some Dune from coffee. their website, dunecoffee.com, I think. Yeah, Dune yeah, Coffee Roasters. That makes sense. Dune Coffee Roasters. That's why I felt yeah. weird saying that. I was like, there's something wrong with that statement. 
Go there, buy some coffee from them, and then if you're going to donate, do to uh, oh gosh, uh, I want it. It's for no. You, you find direct it. relief. That's the one. Direct relief. Yeah, donate to direct relief from Montecito. If you're not up on the game, there were some of the worst fires, the worst in fires California history in year. Yeah, in California history, followed immediately by the most fucking gnarly mudslide yeah. ever. It's not just like oh, some mud fell off the road. It's like no, people are dying. There, like, there's like ten feet of mud on the like a river took over Highway 101, which is one of the two crazy, main dude. main ways down to LA. Highway 101 is closed indefinitely because there's more than ten feet of mud and debris blocking the drains on it. It says they're gonna until they figure out how to get it to drain. That's an issue, and then after that, it's gonna take more than a hundred trucks to just clear it, and then they have to rebuild it. It's like it's kind of wild. It's, it's gnarly. super wild. It's, it's about as bad as they can get. And, and the back-to-back thing is just fucking right. nuts. So they had smoke in the air forever. There was no business for pretty much... December is one of the busiest times for businesses typically, and it was pretty much wiped out completely for, for Dune and French Press. And uh, and then all the other businesses the as well. Smoke was from all the old houses. There's like lead and asbestos. Yeah, and just they couldn't go outside. shit flying through the air. People didn't even live there for like a month. And then this happened, and there's like 20-ish casualties and still people missing. And... In, all these people lost their homes. So scary. If you're in and around and can uh, get money in some way to help Santa Barbara and especially our friends at French Press and Dune, you should just do it. Nike that thing. Have a heart. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for us this week. I uh, got to go to a surgery consultation for my bunion. Yeah. Remember that bunionectomy? It's bunionectomy? Going, it's going down. I'm getting it assessed today. He's going to look at my foot and say, that thing's ugly as fuck. What and have you been doing with that? Then he's going to bone saw it off. <laughs> then he's going to bone Maybe saw he'll do it just today and surprise you. He's all, let's just go in right now. <laughs> let's just cut this thing off. Six little drill marks and a What if he put chop. me on like a table saw and he's just like, <laughs> I think like that's pretty saw. much what they're going to do to you. <laughs> but you'll be fine. You'll be on so many drugs. You'll be like, oh. whoa, man. <laughs> I remember waking up when I was having my Achilles repaired. Because I get really sick and barf everywhere when they put me under general anesthesia. Oh, because you get all dizzy and weird in your equilibrium? I just like wake up and just immediately start hurling and I'm sick for days. So when I did my Achilles, they gave me like a local in my foot, a spinal tap, and then something else. So basically like I got really drowsy, but I wasn't asleep asleep in the lower half of my body. I just couldn't feel it. And I remember lying on the table and just like, kind of waking up and hearing people talk and like I couldn't feel anything but it was so weird and like kind of scary but also I was on drugs so relaxed and I was like this is like a dream <laughs> your foot you're about to like lose a part of you in a good I know. way though I'm gonna ask him if I can keep it you should hold the bunion clear although it's probably gonna rot and smell like flesh but I'll put oh, it no, it's a bone it's a bone though so you just clean it and you can put, just, it, like, some put it on your wall bone wall <laughs> The series coming soon. Well, that brings the end of this episode of the Cat and Cloud podcast. Um, thanks for listening. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs>